Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Hashtag Clocked In with me, your host, Jordan Edwards. I'm thrilled to have you tune in as we dive into the dynamic world of productivity, success, and stories of incredible individuals who've mastered the art of getting things done. Whether you're commuting, hitting the gym, or just relaxing at home, this podcast is the go-to source for inspiration and actionable tips to level up your productivity game. I'm on a mission to unravel the secrets of those who seem to effortlessly manage their time and achieve their goals. So if you're ready to clock in and unlock your full potential, you're in the right place. We've got a lineup of amazing guests, industry experts, and thought leaders who will share their insights and strategies to help us crush your to-do list and make the most out of every moment. Get ready to get inspired, motivated, and equipped with the tools you need to supercharge your productivity. This is Hashtag Clocked In with Jordan Edwards. Let's dive in. What's up? It's Clocked In with Jordan Edwards here. Hey, what's going on, guys? We've got a special guest. We have Kelly Roman. He's the founder, he's the co-founder and CEO of Fisher Wallace Laboratories. Welcome, Kelly. It's great to be here. Thank you. Yeah, Kelly, we're really excited to have you on. So just to start off, like where did it all start for you? Your journey? Where did it start? Well, I, I originally so Fisher Wallace um uh there, there were the original founders of Fisher Wallace were Chip Fisher and Martin Wallace. And I, I replaced Wallace. Um, and Wallace actually, unfortunately passed away from cancer pretty early into the project. So, uh, my partner, Chip Fisher, uh, who's co-founder chairman, um, we, we hooked up in 2009 and he had already, uh, purchased the patents to, uh, the brain stimulation technology. And it turned out both of us had actually gone to Harvard too. He's, 18 years older than me, but, but we had, uh, we, we both went there and had some kind of similar experiences. And so we, we connected on that level. Uh, I think we, yeah, we actually met over the alumni network and he had, he had mentioned on that network that his, his, his co-founder had, had just passed away and was looking for someone to, to, to build this business with. And, um, and what is Fisher Wallace? What does Fisher Wallace do? So Fisher Wallace, we're we're a medical device company, and we we make a medical device that's a wearable brain stimulation device uh, that has been cleared by the FDA to treat uh, mental health issues, uh, specifically depression, anxiety, and insomnia. And patients use they have to be prescribed the device. Uh, there's a couple electrodes that that go on either side of the head, and uh, patients use it for 20 minutes. Uh, if they're treating depression and anxiety, uh, they'll use it in the morning when they wake up and then they use it b- before they go to bed. And if they're just treating insomnia, um, they can use it just, just, just before you go to bed for 20 minutes. And the device basically, um, it stimulates neurochemical production. We have s- some published data on that. Uh, and the other mechanisms, actions that are known for this kind of technology are brainwave entrainment, which means that alternating current electrical stimulation, which this device uh, delivers to the electrodes will actually regulate your, your brainwave activity into uh, what, what research is showing into an alpha wave state, uh, which is the same kind of meditative state you, you would get, say, through deep breathing or, or something like that, except we're, we're able to kind of incite that without having to do the deep breathing and for what appears to be a, a quite a long duration. Um, 
and then the device, there's been some other research that shows it's um, modulating what's called the default mode network, which is the center parts of the brain, which are responsible for uh, uh, kind of the regulating your fight or flee uh, parasympathetic nervous system. Um, and so the combination of these things, it, it, it appears, uh, you know, it's very complicated to kind of speak definitively about what's going on in the brain and there's still more work we have to do, but we have some pieces of data that show that these are at least three different things that appear to be happening. And we're doing three clinical trials right now, um, which we're finishing up, that's looking at the, the effect on symptoms. Um, and, and we're doing these trials to get full FDA approval. So we're FDA cleared now, which allows us to market the device. Um, and, and now we're going through this approval process uh, which we, um, which we're very excited about. And actually we have a March 19th deadline to submit these trials. So it's right around the corner. Oh, wow. That's, that's awesome. That's super exciting. First of all, second of all, we'll, we'll dive into the whole FDA thing in a second, but to start off a lot of people, especially with COVID going on are struggling with mental health. We know that, that it, the numbers have gone through the roof. Why is your device any different than the people who are taking the medicine or the people who have coaches like what makes yours different because I, I know a lot of people who are depressed and they take the depression medicine and they're like I'm not better and I'm like because nothing's changed so right. what allows yours to make a difference great question so I, I think um uh let me just tackle drug therapy first, and then I can talk about behavioral therapy, which is that the coaching and, and the psychotherapy. But with drug therapy, if we just talk about depression, uh, if the, the NIH-funded uh, and published research shows that SSRIs, which are kind of the older antidepressants, have about a 33% remission rate. Remission, as you probably heard the word in cancer, it means the symptoms for depression would go away, gone. Basically, you're cured. It's about 33%. So, you know, you have two thirds of patients who are not cured. Uh, the side effect rate of drugs of SSRIs is 38%. So you have a, a very high side effect rate, higher than than the cure rate. Um, and and then there's not really great long term research on antidepressant use. So you know, most drug approval studies, even today, you know, you're looking at eight, eight weeks or 12 weeks. Um, uh, they have done some studies on safety with drugs, uh, with antidepressants, for instance, in, for, for, for pregnant women. Uh, there was a huge study in Canada. I think it was over 100,000 subjects that showed an increase in, in um, uh, uh, autism with, 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 with with uh, babies whose mothers were using antidepressants in the third oh, trimester. Wow. You're seeing there are some longer term studies that are out there on safety, but you know, a lot of patients do report, even if the drug works, even if they're in that 33% remission rate, that they'll find the effects will wear off over time. And if you're dealing with side effects of drugs, um, you know, they can be severe um, and they can be as serious as, you know, suicidal ideation, but even things just like weight gain can, can be, um, you know, Kanye West has talked about that recently. I mean, he, you know, uh, in, in what, I think it's one of the reasons why he stopped taking medication. So it can actually be a disincentive to take it. So, so there's a huge, and that, and then you have all the people, by the way, who, who, who aren't doing either drug therapy or, or, or behavioral therapy, who are just simply untreated. Right. But if you're just yeah. looking at treated people, 
drug therapy, not very effective, high side effect rate. Um, and long-term it, 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 there can be, there can be issues with it. And it's, it's actually kind of expensive if you can see not the generic drugs are inexpensive themselves, but if you, if you add in the cost of seeing a doctor, um, for the initial visit, but also usually people who are on antidepressants have to have to modulate their dosage, right? They're, they don't get the exact right dose. They may not get the exact right kind of, of medication at first. Um, so those repeated doctor visits can add up. Uh, there is some technology out there that's really helping in terms of targeting the right antidepressant to the right patient um, uh, based on genetics and some other things. But, but still, that doesn't really improve the, the, um, the overall effectiveness and, and side effect profile. Uh, side effect profiles, I think, the worst. So, uh, so there's huge opportunity there. And then on the, the therapy side, uh, there's obviously you don't have the same side effect risk. But it, it it requires quite a bit of of time, right? Patient engagement is it would be called, where you have to you know you have to have if it's talk therapy, you're you're talking about you know, usually a weekly meeting of an hour, um, and there's there's going to be uh, things you have to do on your own outside of the call, um, uh, which are you know usually cognitive behavioral uh, checklist of things to to do to help to help deal with your symptoms. Uh, whether that's sleep or mood, and those things are great. It's just that that clinically you're going to see some drop. You're going to see significant drop off, right? Patients are are just going to stop doing that stuff. Um, they may not. They a lot of people don't even pursue therapy because they know it's going to be expensive. Um, and you know, I think everyone knows who's on a private health plan. A lot of them do not have great mental health yeah. benefits. So. So I think you have a large, which comes back to that untreated population, right? So, um, so what we're offering is something that is uh, very low risk. So we have about a one percent side effect rate, and that's headache, uh, dizziness. You can get some skin irritation under the electrodes. Um, the effectiveness rate we're, uh, we're 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 doing these clinical trials right now uh, for FDA approval to actually get a, a specific effectiveness rate, but what we have so far, some smaller studies we did, and we have about 70,000 patients. So we have anecdotal evidence of what the um, uh, effectiveness rate is from prescribers. So we have one prescriber, uh, which we have, there is one prescriber at Columbia University who's had over 700 patients, and he's reporting to the Wall Street Journal that interviewed him uh, that he has a 70, 75% success rate with, with the device. So that's that's very high, um, and we're also the because of the the way that the device works. You know, if you if you take an antidepressant medication, it's a serotonin reuptake inhibitor, so it's 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 kind of increasing the amount of serotonin that's floating around uh, by by preventing it from bonding to the to neuronal sites. Um, but in order for that to happen in your brain, it has to go through your digestive tract, right, and you know, about 80% of your serotonin reuptake inhibitors, I believe, is, is in your gastro tract. So not surprising when you take an antidepressant that's doing something to the way your serotonin works that you're going to, you could have some gastro-related issues such as, you know, may, maybe you're, uh, you know, you, you, there's yeah. diarrhea and, and other things can can happen. And, and, um, and you know, so I, I think that we're just putting electrodes on the head. We're kind of targeting where the problem is, so to speak. Uh, and, and, um, and as a result, that you're not ingesting a chemical, 
that has to be processed. That's one reason why the side effects are so low. Um, And the dosage is very low. So you're not going to get a seizure from this. You're not going to, this is not, you know, cuckoo's nest uh, bite down on you. This is very gentle, comfortable stimulation. The device uh, right now, we don't have a ton of insurance coverage. That'll come after the FDA approval process is is assuming it's successful. So right now it's out of pocket, um, but we have payment plans. So 50 bucks a month for six months, um, uh, for, for certain patients who qualify for, um, uh, you know, steep discounts. Um, so yeah. we, we do work with some veterans organizations stuff, but, uh, our retail price is $500. Um, we do, uh, you know, so it's like, affordable. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, it, if anything stops depression on someone, they will pay anything to get that done. And we have a, a 30 day return policy, by the way. So it, we get about 15% back. Yeah. Um, so we don't keep your money if it doesn't work, which is, I think, actually a testament to. It's a more honest way of going about it. Yeah, I completely right. agree. Um, and with it, so maybe I didn't catch it, but when you put the, the basically the headband on and the electro waves are going on, what in like super layman's, what's going on with your brain? Are you like suddenly happy like no it's it's not good it's not like a sudden euphoria it's a good question it's it's not it's not typically it's not a, a feeling of euphoria w- what can happen very rapidly however is it is if is a feeling of um sudden uh anxiety reduction where people we we get a lot of reports from uh, we, we, we we so there's a retired general who's a psychiatrist it's on our advisory board we treat lots of veterans who have PTSD, who are in kind of this heightened state of, of vigilance and, 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 um, yeah, of course, all the time. And, and we, it's common for them to report when they put the device on that immediately they feel like they want to fall asleep because they, they, it's like, it's like flipping a switch on the anxiety and their, their body wants to rest their body. Your body doesn't want to be in that state of vigilance all the time. And so that is, that is an immediate effect that, that some people can feel. Uh, I think I would, from my, again, we, we're, we don't have clinical trial data on that population specifically, but I can tell you from the 70,000 patients, we get a lot of reports from doctors that that, that is a, that is something that we've heard that can happen immediately. Um, the other thing, if you're not on that, that that's kind of more profound immediate effect, but I think most people will feel um, just more relaxed from that yeah. alpha state that I was talking about that alpha wave entrainment. In, in, in you will feel like you took some deep breaths. Most people, uh, I, I do when I use it. I think that's a kind of a, a good way to to com- compare it. But I think what's also important is it's not just the immediate effects that, that you're using this device for. It's the cumulative effects. Um, it's you know the data we have shows that the serotonin, for instance, of uh, producing effects can last for six hours, and and there's um, you know there there's uh, uh, when patients are using it insomnia and we have an insomnia trial going on right now. Um, you know, what we're looking at is actually increases in total sleep time. We want to okay. ideally increase that sleep time by more than say 20 minutes. That's, that's, that's a, a, a goal. Um, and, uh, you know, and so I think, so I think the, it, the expectation you should have while trying this is you probably feel, uh, more, more calm. Um, you may want to go to sleep, right after using it if you're if you're quite anxious all the time 
uh, but more calm. And then I think you you want to see over say a two week or three week period a a a real reduction in in your symptoms, anxiety and depression symptoms. So you know not the feelings of sadness, the feelings of of you know not of worthlessness, the uh, the the lethargy, the kind of um, and uh, are are people who are doing this like after they're done does the are do they need to do this for life or does it end or no right so so you you would do it until you're in remission which means you don't have any symptoms uh and then you can stop and use you know you can use it on a maintenance basis uh we'll use it on a maintenance basis even after the symptoms stop because they like the other effects of, of brain stimulation, which can be increased focus and, and attention. And, um, Oh, so a, it's valuable all around. It's quite, it's value. I mean, there, there's, so we're, we're quite different. There, there's a number of brain stimulation brands and companies and yeah. startups out there. We're really focused on the medical and science and the mental health, but there's quite a few that, that are focused on, on more wellness things around focus and attention and, and, um, and so, and those, those, those effects are real. I mean, there's, there's been quite a bit of research on yeah. relation, focus and attention. I think um, doing the kind of trials that we're doing with depression, anxiety, and insomnia, those are very intense trials, very expensive. Uh, uh, I mean, you, you know, incredibly expensive. I mean, you have, you have, you know, board certified psychiatrists that have to onboard the patients and then have to interview them at the four week points. And it's, it's, a, it's a lot of work to do that kind of, uh, research, whereas the focus and concentration trials are pretty easy to do. You put the device on, you give someone a, a test where they can, you know, uh, you know, do math problems or, or, or some other kind of problem solving. And you see the group that had the stimulation, a group that didn't, what are the differences? It's, that's not as tough to, to study. There's some research on that. So people will keep using it and there's no harm in using it, you know. Um, but uh, and, then you, and then we have patients who don't go into remission, but feel like the device has significantly and substantially reduced their symptoms and they're kind of using it on a management basis. Um, and that, that's a success. Uh, so, yeah. uh, and, and, uh, uh, and then you can always use So unlike a drug, we were talking about yeah. drugs, you're not going to have some sudden uh, withdrawal effect of, of stopping the device. That's very important because with, with drugs you, you do. So you, you, you have to be very careful. Um, you have to really work with your psychiatrist and we tell patients this on the website. And when they call us, if you're considering using our device to replace your meds, do not do that cold Turkey, do that in conjunction, you know, in collaboration with your doctor, your doctor should know how to, your prescribing doctor on the meds should know how to titrate you down. If with, you know, while you can use the device while you're taking meds, by the way. So, yeah. um, so that's really important to do with your doctor. Uh, but in terms of our device, and once you stop it, there's no withdrawal effect. And so yeah. start it and stop it. And people do that, right? I mean, uh, some people with seasonal defect, affective disorder may only need the device at certain times of the year, for instance. So, Yeah, that's definitely interesting. And why – so has anyone been down this road of brain stimulation for the mental health purpose of depression, anxiety, insomnia – Etc. There's no, um, there are no wearable devices yet uh, approved. Really? FDA approved. No, we, we would be the first. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there is brain stimulation called TMS, which is in, in, it's a much larger contraption. It's you go into a hospital or, or a psychiatric clinic 
you sit in a chair and a psychiatrist can will bring what's a, a high powered magnet. Uh, usually, yeah, I've seen head. those before. You look like and everyone's heard of electroconvulsive therapy, which, by the mm-hmm. way, to, for for decades is not something you get while you're biting down on something, you know, cuckoo's nest style. It's yeah, <laughs> you get general anesthesia. You go on, you don't even know it's happening. You, but um, uh, and that has been very effective in suicide prevention. So, so that is a common, that is commonly turned to for people who are suicidal. Um, and, and so those two things do have uh, FDA approval in limited uh, mm-hmm. applications for depression, but there's nothing on the wearable side. So that, that's what we're really trying to be the first to do. And, um, and we're not just going after depression, you know, we're going after all three. Now, I don't know, uh, if if all if we're going to get all three, you know, if we're going to have a successful trial with all three, so, so know, how does that work? We get into that. We've been doing this during a pandemic, which has been crazy. So yeah, so yeah. so with the whole FDA process, how does that work when you go? We have anxiety, we have depression, insomnia. So you have to have three separate trials, yep. three FDA. So are they all FDA approved? Are you like I don't know anything about the FDA process. Yeah, so so, so if you want to just run a little complicated, that. but I, I, let me try and give a, a, a simple, short enough simple answer. overview, bird's so, eye view. And it, it's it's kind of specific on what kind of device you're talking about. So so um, there's something called the 510K process for medical devices, which is very different than drugs. And, and what does that mean? That means that if you're if you want to start a medical device company and you want to make a device, uh, let's say. Um, you want to make a CPAP device, which is used for people at night who are snoring and so forth. You, you don't have to reinvent the wheel and say, you know, here, you don't have to do a clinical trial on your device. You can say that this device is very similar to all these other devices that you've already approved that are on the market. And that's called substantial equivalence. And so a lot of medical devices come to market that way, where they, they will have what's called substantial equivalence to something that has already gone through a regulatory process. And then the FDA will say, okay, your device is substantially equivalent enough. And so you're allowed to market it for that. Now that is how originally we came on the market. We came on the market because our device was similar to something that the FDA had cleared decades earlier in like the 1970s. Um, Now, recently, so December, 2019, the FDA, after, after decades of, of, of our company's kinds of devices being regulated in that substantial equivalence type of way, the FDA said, you know, these are pretty serious conditions, depression, anxiety, insomnia. Um, We want to have a higher scientific standard. We said, we get it. We agree. You know, um, it's, it's kind of taken, it's taken too long to get there. Uh, We weren't, we weren't trying to delay that process. We were trying to, you know, we were, we were ready for that happen. It just took the FDA a while to get there. Um, And so they then December 2019 published a final order that said, if you want to, if you're a current manufacturer and you want to continue to market your device for these things, you have to do these clinical trials. Uh, You're still allowed to market your device while you do these clinical trials, but the deadline is now March 19th, you know, 2021. You have to, if you don't submit anything by that deadline, you have to stop marketing your device for that. And if you're a new manufacturer, you have to submit the same level of data and you have to wait for us to approve it before you can, before you can market it. And it is device specific. So we're no longer saying our device is kind of like this one. 
you have to show data on your device that your device works. So that, that's what we're finishing now. That's what we're submitting uh, on March 19th. And it's a pretty high bar actually for, for depression. Yeah. It's a very high bar, in, in, in a, which is called the PMA. And I won't get into that, but it's the highest level. And then anxiety and insomnia, there's still clinical trials. It's a little, yeah. little bit of, of, of um, I wouldn't say easier. Uh, it's just, it's just not as uh, uh, the, the, um, the demand on risk benefit is, is not as hard uh, for those. You know, the good, it, it's supposed to be risk versus benefit. Most people have heard of that. And when you yeah. have a 1% effective uh, side effect rate, so if, if only 1% or if, even if it was 5% or, you know, very, very low compared to drugs. Uh, and if those side effects are minor, which ours are, headache, dizziness, um, then, you know, the scientific question becomes, well, how, how effective does something have to be, uh, you know, to outweigh that? market. Yeah. And, and so obviously it doesn't have to be, nothing's a hundred percent effective. So, so the, the FDA is going to, is going to have to determine based on our risk, how much effectiveness do we have to show? You, you know, you want to show that it's more than placebo, which is why clinical trials have a placebo arm, which is a, a placebo group and you yeah. have a group. So, so what you want to show is that people using the active devices are actually getting a, a, a better and different effect than, you know, a better effect than, than the placebo. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to have placebo effect. I mean, there's, there's placebo effect is large with drugs. It's large with devices. And, um, uh, but you want, ideally you want your active group to, to outperform the, the placebo group. Yeah. Hope that, so, right. hope that explained the regulation. So, so this is fairly new. This is just since December, 2019, where the FDA has really now kind of formally said, all right, all right, you know, wearable brain stimulation folks for mental health here are the ground so for you guys yeah for you guys so this happens in december 2019 2020 hits yep. you guys are like yep. it's game on let's try to get the fda as fast <laughs> right. as possible right. and then and then someone in then covid hits and it's yes. like That's um That's how right. do you do a trial with covid <laughs> it is that was in, incredible right it'd be um every single research institution closed, all the universities closed, all the sleep labs closed. You can't go, you know, the hospitals were only, you know, basically seeing uh, COVID patients, you know, and if you're a clinical trial patient, would you want to go to a hospital during COVID where, you know, there's all kinds of COVID around and, you know, doctors seeing COVID patients? No. So we were, um, we had to I wouldn't say we had to make, make up the rules going, we, we had to still follow, uh, the requirements of the clinical trial protocols for, to be accepted, right? So we had to have a placebo group. We had to have an active group. We had to measure the symptoms of these patients on a regular basis. We had to get them a device. We had to get them to be able to interact with, with doctors through telemedicine. And so it was an incredible process. It, in a very short amount of time, we, we created a, a national telemedicine network, not every state, but we have, I think, about a dozen states um, where we have board certified psychiatrists who, who, um, who were hired under the clinical trial to provide telemedicine. So we've, and then all of our subjects are at home and most of them, especially when we started the trials were in lockdown, um, which is from a clinical trial perspective, you could say, well, that's a little bit helpful because at least the person's not leaving the home much so that, you know, they have some yeah. to use the device, but at the same time, and I think this is where doing these kinds of trials is difficult during a pandemic. And we're going to see, you know, 
obviously my fingers are crossed that we get outcomes. But if, if, if one or more of these trials don't work, it's not going to surprise me either because, you know, you have people in these trials who are likely who are losing their jobs during the trials who have. Kids. Well, there's a lot of outside variables that are affecting. It's it. And- yeah, I mean, just it, it, this is we were doing. But I, you know, everyone who's working on these trials is kind of also extra inspired because it's like if, if we can show that this works in this situation. Uh, that is like the ultimate test of a mental health, yeah. right? So, well, so that's what we're hoping. The one thing that I really want to commend you guys, all of uh, Fisher Wallace, is that it's incredible. You're facing adversity. You guys keep pushing through. You come up with alternatives. These are all real life, actable things that anyone right now needs to face. Like when a challenge comes, there's ten different ways of so- making a solution. Okay, we're doing an at home. Uh, trial. Who does that? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think we have almost 800 patients in, in these trials. I mean, it's, it, it's also pretty large scale. We had to recruit them incredibly quickly. Um, I mean, most clinical trials in mental health take two to three years. Yeah. We had to get the data. We're finishing our data collection in about three weeks from now. We, we, we started enrollment in September of 2020. Yeah. I mean, that, that is incredible. Uh, you know, we're not Pfizer, right? Pfizer. And these, I mean, when I, when I was witnessing what these big drug companies were doing with the, with the vaccine trials, I, I mean, they have almost unlimited resources, but what they did was quite impressive as well, right? I mean, yeah. But in some cases, a lot easier than, than, than what we're doing. Um, uh, you know, not maybe on the scientific side, making the vaccine itself, but in terms of running the trials, I would say less complicated, but much larger scale. We're, we're not, I think their trials had 30, 40,000 patients. Um, but, you know, it, it, it was, it has and continued to be uh, quite something. And then on top of the pandemic, frankly, and I don't want to get political, but yeah. I mean, we had the most contentious election in, in any of our lifetimes. And so you can well, imagine we have subjects on both sides of the fence, right? You, you so, so you have people who are stressed out pandemic and then they're stressed out about who's going to be well, president is this fraud yeah. all this stuff and so i just i can't even imagine um <laughs> well that that's the biggest thing. harder Kelly, that's the biggest thing that there's the stress from the election there's the stress from the the race riots there's yeah. everything under the sun to try to see if someone's depressed is like i'm not surprised that you're depressed <laughs> like Right. If the machine oh, works, then it's even yeah. more impactful. Yeah, the CDC um, came up, published a report at the end of the summer that where they had interviewed 5,000 patients across the country, uh, uh, not patients, regular people, and determined that the clinical depression rate had tripled since March. So in March, in February, it was 8.7%. And in, in come, I think it was by June, it was um, over 30% of, of I'm not, I'm, I'm the mean, reason I say that I'm not surprised, and I've heard that fact, something similar to that, is yeah. because when I went home for the holidays, two people close to me mentioned that they're like, hey, I'm on depression. Like, I have these pills now. This is how I'm handling it. I'm like, what is going on? And yeah. it's people you would never expect. Because yeah. everywhere... Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people have that. Like, it's very difficult on a lot of people. Yeah, especially this time with people losing jobs, 
everything financially you know like like just not even just the lack of human interaction worrying about your grandparents i I mean you know even you you may not get sick but but you're you're worried about your grandparents or you know you know your grand i mean my mother is in an assisted living facility um she's healthy um yeah but you know uh she's not in the nursing home part but you know the nursing homes have just gotten really in a lot of trouble and so you know if you have a, a relative in that that you know anyway i don't have to no, talk yeah. people's stresses everyone has yeah, different yeah but but yeah. on the main note is a major point to that is that like yes a lot of people are stressing but a really important thing to realize is that we can take control and we dictate what happens to us so there's a lot going on so like kelly was doing with his company they push through they said, we're not going to let this affect us. We're going to keep driving. Right. And we're going to make this work. And that's so valuable to understand. And that's what I, with this podcast, literally with this podcast, March comes along and I was like, how am I going to meet people? And I'm sitting there and I'm like, can't network. You can't do any of those events. But the thing I like about networking is we have great conversations, but then I never get to hear them again. So I was like, Let's be wild. Let's make a podcast. What are you going to do it about? I don't know. <laughs> Just people's stories. And that's how this whole podcast started in the first place. Now we're 35 episodes in. We have another 10 in the archives. And it's just just been a fun learning experience. I never thought I'd be talking to you about clinical trials on a machine that helps depression. Like, that's incredible. And But once you're in the creation phase, it allows you to really open up your mind and you get focused on what is possible and you don't focus on all those negatives. So I just wanted to add that little disclaimer. That, that's right. I mean, I think, I think work is more than making money, right? Work is, it's keeping you motivated. It's giving you purpose. And when you have purpose, everything is easier, I think in life. I mean, and I think the minute you lose that feeling and that can happen in so many ways, um, things can go downhill. Right. And, and I think, um, you know, the other thing is that substance use has gone up a lot, right? Every, I mean, to, to the point Absolutely. where it's comical, the, 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 the amount of drinking, uh, you know, that, that's, that, that's gone on. I remember seeing well, on, on TikTok, you know, where someone was walking through a suburban neighborhood and, and looking, at, looking at the recycling bins in front of these houses during COVID. It's just, just like, you know, stacked up with liquor <laughs> bottles. I mean, well, and you can't, you know, don't, there's no reason to feel guilty. It's like, that is a normal human response to stress. Like, like this was. A- well, that's the thing. As soon as the lockdown hit, everyone's like, oh, what do we need? And I'm like, uh, water, food, can, all this stuff. And then you look over and like, there's another group of people that are like, booze, booze, booze. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm going to be locked inside, I'm not going to spend my money at the bars. Yeah. Let me just save money and just leave it and do it at the house. Yeah. It, it, it's no, it, it, you know, but it's also, you got to be careful. Right. And and I think it, it's because it's a, it's a, it's why it's a crutch uh, and it's, it's an escape, right. It's a, it's a, it's a way to flip a switch. And so, but, you know, we're, 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 we tell people, you know, if you're at a point where you think you're drinking too much, um, you probably are. And, and maybe try and use our device when you need that, when you need to flip that switch, because we all have to flip the switch. But uh- yeah, I completely agree. And one of the major things is that feeling of being alive. Like we need to remind ourselves that we're alive and usually drinking does that to us. Or suddenly this machine 
hopefully can do it where you feel that normalcy and feel like, oh, I'm in a good state again. I feel positive, which is what this is. Yeah, uh, right. Which, right. Good point. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, there's a yeah. lot of people. Exactly. A lot of people are seeking that state change, and that's yeah. what this device does. That's flipping the switch of the state change, exactly right. And and I'm not saying this is going to replace drinking. It's 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 it doesn't do that. But I think there are times where, uh, and we have a substance abuse founder. Phoenix House is on our board, which is part of the reason why I'm talking about this, because I know it's a big issue. And we actually did a study at Phoenix House in 2009 when we when we when Chip and I first met. Yeah, um, where we had. Phoenix House is a rehab center. It still is. Um, they have their their national, and there are actually 392 subjects in this study. 100 of them use the device, and the rest of them were in Phoenix House. With, um, so they're all in Phoenix House, all just abstinent. So they, they they had just gotten to Phoenix House where they they live and stay for rehab, and uh, about a third of them went through the re- rehab program with our device, and two thirds had the rehab program without our device. And the people that had the device stayed in rehab at a, a 50% higher rate at 90 and 180 days versus people who didn't have the device dropped out more. And those, that's what it was. A re, it was a retention study. It, and, and so I, 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 my takeaway from that is, you know, the, if the device can help with mood and sleep that, and you're trying to, you're trying to stay, you know, abstinent, you're trying to at least cut down. Or if you're, if you're actually are saying, you know what, I'm going to stop drinking for a while. And and I know a lot of people doing that, you know, where they'll try to take a month off even. Right. And this will help the mood and sleep parts of that alcohol withdrawal. Um, uh, and, and, and those kind of, you get in the habit of drinking where you, you, you know, maybe after work to kind of burn off the steam, this can help with that. Um, so it's a, it's a really big deal. And, and I, I think it's not talked about too much and, um, and it, and it and it because it's hard to talk. You don't want to talk about it and, and, and make people feel guilty because it's like you understand why this is happening. This is this is this you know. It, but it's relatable, you know. But yeah, um, but the main thing is Kelly. It, it's okay to talk. Like I think it's it's not it's not in a judgy way. But the most right. important thing is that people once you're aware of it, you have that awareness level, and then you're like, okay, I understand. This is probably too much. Like. Once you hit that awareness level, then you go, okay, what's the change that I'm going right. to make? People have and to hit that the, awareness level. Right. Yeah. If, you, if you're if you not aware, then it's like, okay, we might, <laughs> come on, come on. We're going to go to the Phoenix house. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just true. It's just, yeah, it's yeah, the way yeah. it is. Like, once people become aware, then they can make the change, which is great. But we need to become aware. And that's why, like I was saying, these discussions are amazing. I'm yeah. learning so much. And... It's just insightful. So on a less serious note, yeah. what is, I know you did something with the art of war. Yeah. The book, what, what was that project? What were you, what were you doing there? So before I, I, I got involved, you know, with Fisher Wallace and co-founded um, with Chip, I, I, uh, I, I created this graphic novel uh, for HarperCollins uh, where I spent, I think it was three years. Um, I wanted to adapt the ancient Chinese strategy text, the art of war. Everyone's heard of uh, into a graphic novel, into a science fiction graphic novel in, in which Sun Tzu was a character. And 
in the way that I went about it is I, I set it in kind of the near future where uh, the Chinese sovereign wealth fund, which is basically a, a, a government version of a hedge fund. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was run by Sun Tzu, is run by Sun Tzu. And Sun Tzu uses military tactics and strategies to acquire portfolio companies and defend them from competition and, and so forth. So, and so those portfolio companies uh, uh, are, are in, the, in and of themselves, you know, very kind of, they're, 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 we have a, there's a mosquito drone company that is, that, uh, that is invested in, but is also used to, you know, assassinate, um, uh, you know, kind of people you're competing with or, or to surveil them. Um, yeah. There is a black hole tech, uh, an industrial black hole technology company startup that made these little black holes for industrial purposes, but if that got into the wrong hand. So there's all these kind of, uh, I think if you're a kind of a, a tech uh, geek and 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 you like sci-fi comic books, um, you you may enjoy the Art of War. Uh, I had never done a comic before. Um, I had I was an English major at Harvard. I, I I had written creative writing, and I I had done woodblock printmaking. So I actually got into Harvard on a on an art portfolio was my biggest selling point. Um, and so I I did have kind of handful of the tools to do a graphic novel, but actually hadn't done comic book before. Um, and I was inspired at the time when I was working on this is when um, Walking Dead was out. It was kind of, yeah. it was before the TV show is like uh, when it was, it was a comic um, in these, and it had been condensed into graphic novels. Um, and so it, this is an image in the back. I don't know if we're on video now, but, but yeah, but kind of black, you know, black, white, and red that that's, those are the colors um, and, you know, I was also inspired by kind of Frank Miller comics and, and some other stuff. And, and I met my illustrator partner on this, Mike DeWeese, um, at a previous job, uh, where I used to work for the Nielsen company, Nielsen ratings. And, and I launched a film school competition for, to do some video content with a social media company called Bebo. It's not around anymore, but it was acquired by AOL. And I, I met this guy doing that. And so when I left uh, Nielsen, I said, you know, um, I have this crazy idea to adapt the art of war. Do you want to do it? He said, sure. And so we went on this, you know, three year plus journey together, the book about 350 pages, um, which is a lot to bite off for your first comic. So that, that yeah. <laughs> and we, this is before, so Mike had never used um, a Wacom tablet. So this, these are all hand drawn images. He now oh, wow. only works in digital, but like at the time we just, it was done 350 pages by hand. I mean, it, it was crazy. Was this like a side project or you guys were doing no, no. this whole time? We got an advance from Farper Collins. Fortunately, I gave it to most of it to, to Mike because he was the, that was the most of the no. work with the illustrating. And I would do the storyboarding. I had written the script. So I wrote the script uh, beforehand uh, in my, in my spare time. Um, and then uh, we got the, the book deal most of the money went to Mike to, to really do the illustration. And I did the storyboarding. So I would do the rough sketches and he would do the, the really nice. Yeah. Stuff. And so we just, we just went back and forth, um, did that. And uh book came out um, 2012 uh, and got a great review in the San Francisco Chronicle. And um, you know, I think it sold pretty well. We got 
picked up in Brazil and Spain uh, also published it. And then it was optioned by uh, the producer of Breaking Bad and, and Mad Men, who was at uh, A&E, who acquired those scripts. And there was a period of time where I thought maybe it would be turned into a, a series like that. Um, yeah. it did not. It, we, it's still it's still in the Hollywood limbo, as a lot of projects are. And, um, but that's fine. And so I, I had a really fun time doing it. Uh, and I think I'll, I'll probably, after Fisher Wallace, uh, however it concludes, I don't know. But, um, you know, I think we're you know, we're on a path where if we get approval, you know, I think we'll be in a good position for maybe an acquisition event from a much larger company. And so I, in the back of my head, I'm like, if, if I'm lucky enough for that to happen, then, you know, maybe I'll, I'll, I can go back and do some comic book stuff and maybe even have the money to, to, uh, to maybe start a business where I'm, you know, doing, you know, maybe a publishing company or something. I, oh, I, where you're the one supporting these different yeah, companies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, I would enjoy that. I mean, I would enjoy making it, but I also think I, I have I have decent enough business skills where I could probably be helpful to to, to other ones and as an advisor yeah. and invest. Yeah, yeah, that's help and help you know get get the content out there. But we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. I love it. I love it. And where can people find this device? What's what what do we have to do to get the device if we're interested and like kind of hear more about what Fisher Wallace is doing? That'd be great. Uh, so fisherwallace.com. There's no C in Fisher. So it's F I S H E R wallace.com Fisher Wallace. Um, that we, we, you, uh, the, all the information you need is on there. Uh, you do need a, uh, at the least you need a telemedicine prescription, which is pretty easy. I mean, today, you know, we're yeah. all, you know, if you've familiar with Roe or, or, you know, hymns or hers or, uh, yeah. So we, we, we refer, uh, patients on the site to a telemedicine company. Um, you get, you, you get screened, uh, you don't have to actually have a, a video call. You don't have to talk about your problems, uh, there's, but there are some questions that make sure that you're qualified to, for, to use the device. For instance, you you can't have a pacemaker. Um, not that the device is going to hurt your heart, but uh, because it is an electrical stimulation device, it, it does have electromagnetic resonance that can interfere with embedded electronics in your body. So you don't want to have a an uh, a, uh, implanted stimulator in your head, um, which some people have for... Um, uh, you know, for Parkinson's and, and, and other things, you don't want to have a pacemaker. Um, but you know, that's what the screening is about really. And then you can, you can purchase the device. We have, we're, uh, there's $300 discount right now because of COVID we've been offering that all year. Cause we know people, a lot of people are struggling financially. Um, so this is actually a good, a good time to buy it. A good price, 30 day return policy. And we have live, um, patient support 96 or 98 hours a week, including uh, from morning to midnight on the weekends, both days. So you can always get a hold of Fisher Wallace, um, it, you know, pretty much uh, and, and and let us know if you have any trouble using it. Uh, if you have any other questions, even before you buy it, just can chat with us online or whatever mm-hmm. and just ask your questions and we'll answer them. Um, so uh, yeah, that, that that's it. We'd love to help. I, I love it. Yeah. I'll put that, put that in the show notes kelly thank you for coming on is thank there you. Any, yeah is thanks there, for doing this podcast during this time there it, it really that's really awesome i i appreciate being here and i appreciate what you're doing absolutely and we'll talk soon 
All right. Thank you. Thank you for reaching the end of the podcast. For that, we'll give you a complimentary coaching session in the link below with Edwards Consulting. Hope to see you there and have a great day and keep clocking in. Thank you for reaching the end of the podcast. For that, we'll give you a complimentary coaching session in the link below with Edwards Consulting. Hope to see you there and have a great day and keep clocking in.